Hey there, this is John Metter. Welcome to the Man to Man podcast. Men everywhere need to be talking to other men of experience and wisdom. Along with my friends, we'll be talking about how to grow as a man, how to find truth to stand on, how to meet the challenges of the day. Join me as we discuss everything from personal growth to fitness, from relationships to leadership. Let's talk man to man. This is John Metter. Welcome to the Man to Man podcast. And uh, we're working on an episode number three in terms of our series. It had an introduction. So there was an introduction, episode one, two, and three. So we're really thankful that you've joined us. Uh, we are doing these podcasts on the heels of actually making this presentation to a group of men at Cross City Church. We always invite you uh, to come uh, at Tuesday mornings at 6 a.m. at Cross City Church in Euless, Texas. And uh, we have men that gather, and we actually gather around the questions that I will pose to you at the end of this podcast. But let me just talk to you for a few moments about uh, the stand firm part of being a man. There's a great verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, actually two verses, verse 13 and verse 14. And uh, these verses frame for us the 12 weeks of this particular series of episodes. And the first two weeks we focused on the first phrase, and now we're going to focus on the second. Let me read the whole uh, series of verses to you. Paul said to the church at that Corinth, he said, Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Two verses, five admonitions. We looked at the first admonition, be alert or be on the alert, uh, for the first couple of episodes after our introduction. And it's just really about men being alert to what's going on around them, the war that's going on around them, the war that's going on within them. Uh, it's really important for men not just to go through life uh, reacting, but uh, go, going through life with some initiative, like the point man that leads his troops across the battlefield in guerrilla warfare, that means through the jungle, and being able to see the snipers or the booby traps or all kinds of landmines that are out there and protect your troops, protect those people that you're responsible for. That's what a point man does, and that's what essentially Paul is saying to men, that we need men who are alert, alert in their own lives, alert to those around them, their family members, their spouse, uh, be alert. So the second phrase uh, is the phrase, stand firm in the faith. So that's what we're going to talk about today. What does it mean to stand firm in the faith? Now, when you hear the words, the faith, you know that it's going to deal something, uh, some, some things uh, pertaining to doctrine. You, you know, it's going to deal with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And certainly I want to emphasize that in a big way, because that is such an important part of what it means to be being a man, and more specifically being a man of God, to know where you stand with God. To be able to know where you stand with God in terms of a faith relationship through Jesus Christ. Uh, so that's a really, really big part of what we're going to be talking about. Um, but it's also what happens in that relationship with Jesus that we need to be able to stand firm in. First of all, let me say at the top of this episode that it's really important for you as a man to know what it means to have a relationship with God. You can't really lead others to a relationship with God if you don't have one yourself. And you can't have one yourself without going through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Jesus walked on earth for 33 years, three years of public ministry after he laid the foundation uh, with his family, and then three years of public ministry where he publicly proclaimed who he was. 
that he was God the Son. And he came as the Messiah to die on a cross to pay for our sins, to purchase for us a place in heaven which he offers as a free gift. And once you place your faith and trust in Jesus and his atoning, finished work on the cross, then you have access to God. You have forgiveness with God. You have a relationship with God. And it's not a religious relationship. Even though religion can play into how we express ourselves to God, but it's a personal relationship with God through Jesus by faith where we don't see him, but we know he's there. We know what he's done for us, and we accept what he's done for us as a free gift. We don't earn our way into God's kingdom. We don't earn our way into God's favor. But we do have a relationship by our faith in Jesus Christ. Such an important part of the gospel uh, for you to know that you stand uh, righteous before God because of Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross. So in that relationship, and I pray that every man listening to this podcast will be able to know they have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's part of the faith. Part of the faith is the gospel. Part of the faith is also a body of beliefs that we'll deal with in a future episode. You need to know who you believe in. You need to know what you believe in. And while you believe in Jesus and the faith that we find in scriptures, you also need to know how to weather the challenges of faith. So that's what the stand firm is all about. Stand firm in this verse means that we must anchor ourselves on the truth and stand firm when everything is going awry, everything is going crazy. The man needs to be able to stand firm without being blown to and fro, tossed to and fro like winds and waves. Uh, they need to be able to stand firm on the rock of their faith and their trust and their confidence in Jesus Christ. So we're talking about that today. So over the years, I've walked with the Lord for many years now. Uh, I've been in ministry for 40 years, and uh, I've led my family uh, for 45 years. Uh, I've been married that long. I've got six children, raised them all in the faith and uh, allow them to move forward in determining how their relationship with God would go in the future. Um, I've interacted with people of all kinds of backgrounds. So I, I've seen a lot of testing of the faith. I've seen a lot of challenges to faith. I see how culture rises up and challenges us in so many different ways. So as we talk about standing firm in the faith, I want to bring a few points out for you and want you to think about what it means to stand firm in these ways. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is standing firm uh, because difficulties will test your faith. Difficulties will test your faith. That's why you have to stand firm. One of my favorite books in the Bible is the book of James. And James in, in James chapter 1 gives maybe one of the more famous verses of the Bible when he says, Count it all joy or consider it all joy, brethren. When you encounter various trials, know that, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. He goes on to say, let endurance have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, to make a long story short, hardship and trials are a huge part of the Christian walk. It's going to happen. Jesus said to the disciples, he said, if you thought that I've had tribulations, and if you think the world is against me, they're really going to be against you. So we, we're going to face trials. Jesus promises that. But God uses these trials to make us stronger. I'd like for you to look at the, the testing of your faith when things don't go like you want them to go, when God is not 
acting the way you want God to act, when life is not treating you the way you want it to treat you, when promotions don't come, where good things don't happen in relationships, where uh, there's physical hardships, spiritual battles, when you go through trials, I want you to look at them as a way of making you stronger because that's what the verse says. It says, difficulties will test your faith, but as you endure these trials, you'll get stronger. You know, over the years, I've been a proponent of weight training. I was a basketball player in college, and back in the day, they didn't really encourage much weightlifting with college basketball players. They feared that that it would interfere with our jump shots or our fluidity of motion or our speed. Uh, but in reality, today's NBA basketball players are really, really fit, and weight training is a big part of their environment. It's what they do. Now, the whole idea of weight training is to bear under weight that's more than we actually want to carry so that when we are required to lift a burden, we're able. Now, many of you guys know I do the cross service every year on Good Friday, and the cross service involves me taking a 20-foot-long pine tree, cutting a 7-foot section out of it, carrying that 7-foot section in, and, uh, and then carving a cross with an axe, putting it together while I preach the message of the cross, and then at the end, lifting the cross up and dropping it into a receptacle on the stage of our worship center. And I've done this in other places. I've traveled and done this. I think one year I did it 10 or 12 times, but normally I do it once or twice a year. And as I get older, people ask the question, are you still going to do the cross service this year? And uh, they know that this cross weighs several hundred pounds at the very least. Uh, they know that it takes a lot of exertion. Sometimes they know it because I'm out of breath whenever I'm chopping with the axe and trying to preach at the same time. Sometimes they know it because uh, I am grunting and straining as I try to lift that cross once I get to the end of the service and it's time to drop it in that receptacle. So over the years, I've learned that when I breathe too hard, people worry more about my health than they do about the actual message of the cross. Or... Uh, I realize that they wonder, can he still lift that cross? So in some way, I have to uh, demonstrate that I can do that. And so as I move towards the cross service every year, I get into a very solid weight training regimen. I go in there and lift weights three times a week. Uh, and the specific muscle groups I'm going to need for the cross service because I don't want people to think I'm about to die up there when I'm building a cross that's supposed to point to the death of Jesus Christ and not the death of the preacher who's trying to build the cross. So in any case, weight training is important for me. It's also important for me to do endurance training uh, so that I can not be breathing hard when I preach this message. So I do all my cardio. I ride a bike. I, I run on a treadmill, those kinds of things. Uh, so I do all that so that during the one hour of the year or the two hours of the year that I do this cross service, I'm able to do it without strain. Now, it doesn't make a lot of sense when you think about that. Why would I train for months in such a way so that at the one or two hours of the cross service, I'm not making anybody worry. And I'm not worried about it. It doesn't make a lot of sense until you realize the magnitude of lifting all the weight I lift in order to make sure that the message is undistracted. Well, in a sense, being able to endure hardship is important for that one moment when someone can see us endure hardship 
and realize that we do it with the power of Christ. We do it because he is with us and he is helping us through it. Our testimony, in other words, the message of our life. I want to encourage you guys, learn to stand firm when difficulties come because people are watching. Because they need to see the message of Christ in you, that he is greater than you are, and that he enables you to handle the trials in ways that normal people can't handle trials. And it does wonders for your testimonies, but it also allows you to help other people know that in Christ they can do whatever he calls them to do. So stand firm, Paul says, because difficulties will test your faith. And if you are enduring, that test will be proven. It will prove the reality of your faith. So now let's look at a second part of standing firm. Stand firm because doubts will wreck your faith. They will wreck your faith. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 19, there's a few verses there where Paul is warning Timothy about his personal faith and his clear conscience. And I want to talk to you about that for just a few moments. And if we doubt why we're living the Christian life, if we doubt why we do what we do, why we discipline ourselves, why we avoid temptation, why we do all these things that, that we're supposed to do in our, in our following Christ, if we doubt those things, it could wreck our faith. And Paul is saying that very thing to Timothy. He said this, he said, Keeping faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. I want to read it again. Keeping faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffer shipwreck in regard to their faith. This has to do with your personal faith, and it has to do with a clear conscience. What you are, who you are, when nobody else is looking, is very, very important. Do you buy completely into your faith in Christ and in serving and following him regardless of what you want, regardless of what your body wants, regardless of what your desires are. Paul prefaces all this to Timothy by saying in verse 5 of chapter 1, but the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. I vividly remember many years ago now, it's been more than 40 years where I had a habitual sin that was taking place in my life. I knew it was sin. I knew it was wrong. I justified it, saying that it didn't bother anybody else, and it wasn't involving anybody else. So if I sinned, then I sinned. And uh, God began to speak to me about that struggle with sin, and he began to warn me in a very clear and unmistakable way. He said, if you continue that sin, it shows that your faith is not real. It shows that you value that more than you value a good conscience before me. And I remember awakening to that truth and saying, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to sin when I violate a good conscience that God gives me through relationship with him. Uh, and I realized I had to be ready to give that up, and I did. Those some 40 years ago, I don't remember exactly when, but 40 years ago, and I have never revisited that sin. I've never gone back to that because I realized I was compromising my clear conscience before God. And since the personal faith that we have in Jesus, why we live it, how we live it, is so important that we ought to be willing to give up things that keep us from having a clear conscience. We have to be ready to stand firm or if we don't, we'll be moved to a leaky vessel and run aground, or we'll sink when surrounded by temptation. I'm convinced 
that that commitment those years ago has helped me through the years in so many different ways. And of course, I do not regret making that commitment to Christ. It was so personal, it was so real how he convicted me. I wanted to clear conscience in that area of my life. And, and so consequently, he's given me that. And I, I deeply appreciate that. So I want to challenge men. That's what wreck your faith. That's about the why and the what of your faith need to be dealt with. Then a third thing I want you to think about today is culture. Culture will stress your faith. It will wear you out. If you keep looking at culture and trying to reconcile modern culture with a timeless historic faith, it's going to be a bad deal. It's going to, it's going to be a big battle. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 7, uh, Peter is talking about Lot. Maybe you remember Abraham and Lot. Lot was in Sodom and Gomorrah. And uh, Peter is talking about that period of time and says this about Lot and the culture around him. He said, If God rescued righteous Lot, who is oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men, he will also rescue you. So when people without principles, when people without moral values make their plea, we'll be tempted to give in to the reasoning unless... We can stand firm in the faith. Now, I know I don't have to get specific with this, but I'm going to today because it's important that we not give in to the prevailing reasoning of the culture. Many years ago, it was the abortion agenda that became a big deal. And we had to grapple with our faith as believers. Do we believe that, that life begins at conception? And if so, what does that say about abortion? It says it's taking a human life. And we have to stand firm in the faith of believing that. And all the other kinds of agendas that come along since that time, the gay agenda, the very presence of homosexual relationships began to challenge us in our faith. Gay marriage came along not long after that. The transgender movement not long after that. All throughout uh, the last 20 or 30 years, questions about race and about divisions because of race uh, have surfaced. It's really important for us to be able to say in, in this culture, any culture we live in, Am I willing to continue going back to the Scripture? Am I willing to, to say that the Scripture is timeless and addresses all these things? Am I standing firm in the faith, even when everything around me is stressing my faith? Am I willing to say, I take a stand on the faith, the timeless, eternal truth of God's Word? If the Scripture is timeless, they will weather the tough questions of culture. And I found that to be true. And I must say, I must say that I have uh, interacted, conversed with people of all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of belief systems, all kinds of moral values. And time and time again, I've found that you can be kind and truthful at the same time. I have found that you can stand firm in the midst of a very sensual generation that will vex and oppress and stretch your faith if you're not careful. In the same way Lot was stressed, Vexed is what one translation of the scripture said. Oppressed is another translation of what was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah to this man who was called Righteous Lot. He had to stand firm on the truth that he know God had revealed to him. And God had been very clear in his revelation. So culture will stress your faith. You have to choose to stand strong in your faith, no matter how culture contradicts it. You know, sometimes the reasonings of culture seem pretty reasonable. Sometimes the explanations of how they grapple with any faith in Christ or what the Bible says with their, their moral 
uh, direction, which is contrary to what God's Word says. And that can sound pretty persuasive. Uh, today, more and more theologians are, are uh, beginning to say things that have not been accepted uh, nor even acknowledged for 2,000 years of Christian history. Uh, let me just say, there's nothing new under the sun. I promise you the Bible hasn't been mistranslated over these years at all. These are just new people saying new things that they want to become, new truths to a group of people that are committed to the timeless truths of Scripture. So it's really important for you to be able to know exactly what to do when all this stress begins to happen because of culture. Well, let me get to the questions because I want you to ask these questions. You may not be in our our actual room where the men are grappling with these questions, but you can think through these questions as you drive or as you uh, listen to this podcast. The first question is, what trials have shaped your faith and helped you become strong? I want you to take a few moments and think about that. Maybe a trial in the past. Maybe a trial you're going through right now. Maybe it's in the, in the far past. Maybe 20 years ago, you went through a trial that shapes you now. What was that trial? How did it shape your faith? How does it encourage you towards future trials? Here's a second question. What kind of doubts threaten our faith? Have you ever been shipwrecked in faith? That verse I gave you in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 19, has your faith ever been wrecked on the reef of doubt? And if so, how did you become upright again? The third question, culture can cause us to reconsider what we believe. What's a faith response to those challenges? How can we be ready to respond in faith when we are challenged? I promise you that your future walk with Christ is very dependent upon how you answer these three questions. I want you to be strong in the faith. I want you to to be able to stand firm in the faith the way Paul wanted you to. And I want to encourage you that you can through the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. You can be firm. You can stand firm. You can be kind yet truthful. You can be loving and yet you can level with people. And you can be in conversations where really you make a difference while you stand firm in the faith. And what's more, those people around you that watch you, watch your testimony, for, for some of them, you are their example. Then it's important for you to stand firm so that they might take that example and live a healthy faith out in their days. Man, I'm so glad that you've joined us in this very short, very brief podcast that we have a number of episodes on. I think there will be 12 in all. But this time, standing firm in the faith. Join us next time, next week, as we look further at what it means to stand firm in the faith. Thank you. God bless. God bless.